You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we get into tonight's episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can also find all of our episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. This evening, we got Ed, Edgar Salmingo Jr., also known as Panthers Analysis Analysis on Twitter. Analyst, I'm sorry. Edgar, thank you so much for returning. It's good to see you. You're welcome. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, we're, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, it's not good in Carolina country right now. Panthers lost their fourth straight game to the 1-5 Giants, 25-3 to at MetLife Stadium. Sam Darnold was, in fact, seeing ghosts again up in New Jersey. Guys, a lot to unpack in this game. Let's start with Sam Darnold. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> Yeah, Sam. Sam was not good uh, by by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I was looking over his, you know, his final stats for the game. Uh, the The metric that ESPN uses is QBR, and he had a ten point seven QBR <laughs> with one hundred and eleven yards and an interception. Uh, he just, I mean, that was quite honestly one of the worst quarterback performances I've seen in Carolina in a long time, and and that's it seems like. Um, with Sam, you get one or the other, and that's the way it's been his whole career. And uh, you either he's either you know he's on and he's he's playing decent, or he's he's really bad. Um, I got in quotations here, uh, straight dog shit, <laughs> to to put it lightly. Yeah, that um, was Jimmy Clausen bad. Like yeah, it, <laughs> terrible. It, 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 like just throughout the game, like you're watching, like he was not completing passes over five yards. Like it, like it, it was like he wasn't even looking past five yards. Um, and it was just, you know, really, really, really bad. Uh, I think, uh, pro football focus uh, tweeted something, um, that, uh, two out of the three seasons that he was with the jets, uh, that he, he graded, he's graded lower right now than two out of the three seasons he was with the jets, um, by pro football focus. So he's, you know, he's slumping, he's, he's not going in the right direction. Uh, and, and this is something that this coaching staff, you know, brought him in and thought that they could do is, is fix him, start with the, the feet work from the ground up and, and, and get him fixed. But it's, it's just not looking like it's going in the right direction right now. Edgar, can you add on to that? And do, do you, did you agree with the decision to pull him in that fourth quarter to put in PJ Walker? I mean, I don't mind the decision to pull him. I think, Matt Rule got a lot of flack for saying he didn't want to pull him earlier because it would be the story of the week. And now the story of the week is that he didn't pull uh, Sam Darnold. Uh, But I do think, you know, uh, during the game, just this watching or going through the tweets that people are saying, Oh, we should got, we got to put PJ Walker in. I'm ready to see PJ. And I think historically, I mean, I I haven't looked through the the, the stats, but PJ Walker does much better when he's starting than he is like, like, I remember that game when he came in against the saints last year, he just, you know, he threw like three interceptions or something. And so, I wasn't, you know, people say, I want to see Will Greer. I want to see PJ Walker. And usually by and large, when the coaching staff tries to like stop us from seeing something, like they might know things that we don't know. And so I agree with the decision to pull him at that point. They're already, you know, they're already down. There's yeah. might as well try something else because we already know this wasn't working, but mm-hmm. we all know there was just a bandaid and we have no idea what, you know, the long-term solution is going to be. Yeah. I- like you said, at that point, that game was – there was no way they're coming back in that one. I mean, it was – it seemed like it was way out of reach. I know Matt Rule said, he, you know, he's trying to provide a spark for the team. There was no spark there whatsoever. Um, Sam Darnold is who he is, man. He, he This is this was him in New York, and this is him in Carolina. And going into this season, we talked about it the past five, six, seven, eight episodes – Half the time we've been a, been a podcast is Carolina is not doing enough with the offensive line help either with him. And you're going to get the Sam Darnold of the Jets when you don't provide him with an offensive line because that's what he had in New York. It's just he's he's not he needs a ton of help around him. It's not an excuse. I think he played like shit. And I don't think he is the franchise quarterback for this team. I didn't think he was when they traded for him. I didn't like the trade from the start. And it's just you're finally seeing this and he wasn't that great in the first three games when they played when they were winning. So 
he even struggled in those games throwing a bunch of picks. But when you have what eight interceptions or seven interceptions in the last eight. three, four games, like well, he's got eight, eight, eight over the yeah, whole season. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's man, he's not the answer. And this when we're gonna as fans, we're gonna be watching this all the rest of the season because this schedule is not getting easier. And you know, he might get some help with Christian McCaffrey back, but the offensive line ain't changing. It's still gonna be dog shit. The, the offensive lines and it might even get worse because now there's guys getting injured and I mean those guys weren't reliable options the way it was but now you're going to have rookies coming in at what week eight when they should have been in probably the first couple of weeks so by now they you know they would still have you know get their feet wet a little bit but my goodness it is I just think we're down we're gone we're headed down a dark 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 hole I, I, I gotta right I got just a real quick uh couple more stats on, on Darnold mentions. Uh, the 20 have thrown a minimum of a thousand. Um, Sam Darnold's pass, passer rating is a 78.4, worse than the NFL. His pat, his passing touchdown to interception percentage is uh, 52 touchdowns to 47 interceptions, worse than the NFL. And his completion percentage is 60.1, worse than the NFL. So um, take that for, for what it's worth. But, uh, you know, I – I, I think to be fair to him, the first three games he did look he looked serviceable. He looked like you know, obviously this is a team like this is something that the team could win with. Um, you know, they they weren't playing great competition by any means, but they were playing well at least. Um, and then you know something just happened. I don't I don't know what, but uh, Christian I mean McCaffrey the, being out. Yeah, that, that, that's that's a big part of course, but um, I mean the Cowboys are just a much better team than the Carolina Panthers too. Uh, I think the Cowboys seemingly broke the Panthers uh, and just everything has compounded on top of everything that, that happened in the Cowboys game and losing Christian. And it's just, it's just all been downhill and I don't see it getting any better anytime soon. Do you guys think this is the end of Sam Darnold as we know it like this, 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 after this season, this is, this project's over with. I mean, I know they have him. I know they picked up the fifth year option, but that ain't going to stop them from getting rid of him if he's not playing very well. I think I think for the fans, they've seen enough. <laughs> I think this coaching staff is still willing to try it out. I mean, if there's, a, if there's a silver lining in all this, you know, those first three games, the defense will keep them in games. The, the, the problem is that, like, in these last couple of games, like, the defense is gassed when they're playing against an offense like Dallas, right, when they're playing against some, some, some capable teams, right? The defense can keep them in games, and if you're – your quarterback can be average or at least like give them, give them some momentum or to move. If they can hold a lead, he's been good at that. So a couple of things I've noticed, you know, with Sam Darnold, like when he had the leads with the jets, when he had the leads with against, you know, early with the saints, the Texans, like the, the, our, our biggest complaint was like, hold on to that lead in the third quarter. Right. But like, there was a momentum, like if he can, if they can get the early lead, the defense can like, you know, shut the door for a little bit and hold the door. So if there's a silver lining, like if, even if Sam Darnold was not the answer, it does seem like there's still a positive trajectory with this defense that they built. We still have Stefan Gilmore on the way. We still haven't really fully seen CJ Henderson, JC Horn still has to come back. We've seen a lot of, of, of spark from Keith Taylor. So like there is some there and Shaq Thompson has been out, you know, and so I don't want to put everything all on Sam Darnold because he does deserve like the, 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 the large share of the blame, but I will say without Christian McCaffrey, uh, this offensive line, you know, for as bad as they are, they're not, it doesn't get any easier when you've been shuffling the line every, like one kind of like storyline that hasn't been talked about enough is that they keep shuffling the line every, every It's going to be the eight different combination this week. Right. It's kind of like playing pickup. Like if you play pickup basketball at the Y and you're playing with a different set of four guys, it's like, you just don't know what, you know, and it feels like the, where they struggle the most is like they're passing off people. There's a stunt mm-hmm. and they don't know, like they're still getting used to each other. And so you have a terrible line and then you change that terrible line every week. And so, it doesn't look good. And then all those drops from the receivers, from the backs, you know, it's just like, it's just a gigantic mess. And a lot of people are blaming the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, but it just, everyone's a mess right now. Sam Darnold rightfully gets a share of the blame, but like, as of right now, it's just like, it just looks terrible because everything looks terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the offensive line a little bit. We can still shuffle in some hate on Sam Darnold. That's fine. But let's, let's talk about Christensen and Jordan. Cause they, fans have been wanting this. We've been wanting to see this for quite some time as Christensen at left tackle, the position he played in college and did a fairly good job at it. 
Um, but what do you guys think of Brady and um, Michael Jordan at on the left side of the line? How did you how do you think they fared? I uh, you know I, I agree with Matt Rule. <laughs> Christensen struggled, but I, I I don't know what else you expect. I mean, it was his first start in the NFL, so um, I mean he um, unless you have Rashawn Slater or, or uh, Sewell, then obviously um, those are two like <laughs> world renowned talents. But uh, but yeah, I think Christensen got beat like a drum by <laughs> by the by the defensive line. Man, he he had, he had a bad day. Uh, I I don't know so much about Michael Jordan. I didn't really um see a lot of um I guess I didn't hear his name a lot so I guess that's good but um but yeah I don't think Christensen had a very good day but you know overall I thought the offensive line played well enough I I don't think that they were you know terrible in this game um I thought that at times Sam Darnold had had a pocket and had time to throw and he just wasn't making the right decision or just checking it down or um missing a throw or or it was dropped so I I don't think you can put all the blame on on the O-line in this game yeah, I thought the same thing in 2015, that Super Bowl run. Like, the offensive line was not the greatest, but it was good enough to, you know, get by with Cam and, and all the weapons, right? And so I thought the same way. I really didn't watch Jordan either, but, you know, Christensen, even in college, he struggled very, you know, for all the, the good things that he did, he struggled against, like, super athletic uh, defensive ends. I remember when he went up against Peyton Turner, who's now on the Saints, and he just got, you know, worked with spin moves and things like that. So him going up against another rookie, Ojala, Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, uh, with the Giants, I felt like that was something that he would struggle with. And so maybe with other ends that are not like, you know, Brian Burns-like or Aziz Ojolari-like, he might do a little bit better. But again, like what Bryson said, you got a rookie, first start on the road, um, you know, learn, still learning how to play because originally he was in the you know right tackle, he was playing guards, so now you now you want to try him at left tackle. And so it's too much movement, man. And I get it. Too much they movement. Positional flexibility, but you can't be doing that with rookies. And you need a line that's consistent. You, you switch guys in and out. You're never going to have success at all. You really aren't. I, Matt Rule had high praise for Michael Jordan. He said he is going to be a lineman on this team for many years to come. So he clearly likes him. He likes his aggressiveness in run blocking. Um, I know the, uh, not the Giants game of the week before that. There was a few plays that I thought Jordan missed, but Matt Rule really likes him. I think he solidified that left guard spot from what it sounds like. So um, you can probably expect him there the rest of the year, barring an injury. Christensen, at what, from what it sounds like, he'll probably move somewhere else because I think Cam Irving's back this week, and it sounds like – Right guard. Yeah, it sounds like he might be moving into that. We'll talk about second that round, later. Second-round grade guard. So. <laughs> But before we before we jump off, I wanted to talk about Sam Darnold. One more one more question I had that I forgot to ask. Do you think this is going back to Bridgewater? We talked about this a little bit. Would Carolina still have the same record right now with Bridgewater? And did that trade really pay off? Was the trade worth it? Um, personally, I think that they would have the same record, but they would have their second and fourth round draft pick back. So I don't know if necessarily the trade paid off. Uh, you know, I think if they would have kept Teddy, um, they wouldn't be paying him to play for the Broncos and they would have, like I said, their second and fourth round pick. Um, you know, but at the time I agreed with the trade. I thought that, you know, it was good for a change and, um, just giving Donald another shot, not on the jet. So, um, in retrospect, I was wrong and he's Sam Donald. He is who he is, but, um, but you know, I think if, if they could do over, I think that they would just roll with Teddy. Yeah. I, I think that, oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead go ahead. No, I, I think that like, like, like Bryson said at the time, I was willing to roll the dice because we kind of knew what Teddy Bridgewater was. He's kind of in the, you know, prime or end of, you know, he's a little bit older, right? Sam Darnold, you're kind of taking a roll of the dice. We know that he hasn't been good in the, with the jets, so you're investing the second, second and fourth round pick, which we've talked about before during the draft time that he kind of recouped the second round and the fourth round picks and everything. So it kind of paid itself off, but it was worth the gamble to try to roll the dice to see what they have in Sam Darnold, because they kind of knew what they had in Teddy Bridgewater enough to kind of win enough to like be decent, but they knew that Teddy Bridgewater was not going to get them to the Super Bowl, So you might as well invest in somebody young. Mm-hmm. Remember we all talk about how Darnold is still younger than, than Joe Burrow. So it was worth the roll of the dice to try somebody younger was it wise to do the fifth-year option? Probably not, but it was worth the roll of the dice to see, like, maybe this could be the guy because we already know Teddy Bridgewater 
is good enough to be a good quarterback in the NFL, but not to take us to the promised land. Yeah, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, I I thought they should have stuck with Teddy, and I, I think they still would have had the same record. I, t- Teddy's looked serviceable for the Broncos so far. Um, Sam is just – I don't know if, you know, Matt Rule and this team thought they could, you know, rejuvenate this guy's career, and it's clearly – it's showing that the Jets and Adam Gase weren't the only problem in this uh, equation with Sam Darnold. He struggled in college. He struggled in the NFL with the Jets, and he's struggling terribly now with the Panthers. So, in retrospect, yeah, you know, we we could say, hope you know, they could have stuck with Bridgewater, and I wish they would have because those draft picks would be looking real nice right now. But it is what it is. You got to. You got to live it, uh, live it, live with it at this point. Um, it's just, it just sucks. Cause this is, I was hoping we wouldn't be at this point in what week seven. I mean, week seven, they got, they benched the guy, they traded a second, fourth and sixth rounder for it. Just, it's so freaking frustrating, but let's go to the coaching staff. Cause that's another big talker right now is, you know, Sam Darnold, Matt Rule, and Joe Brady. That's really been the whole conversation this week. We kind of talked about this last week with Kevin, um, Edgar, but I just want to get your perspective Mm -hmm. first on this. Do you think Matt Rule should be on the hot seat? You know, he's a year, about a year and a half in, had COVID last year, dealt with the COVID. What's your thoughts on Matt Rule right now? Is there a panic meter? I think there is a panic meter because we've lost four games in a row. The one thing that I tweeted on, on Sunday, the, the silver lining here is they're still undefeated in the NFC South. So I don't want to like bury the guy or feel like the season is finished. Theoretically, they're still one and zero in the NFC South. They've beaten the saints. And so if they beat Atlanta, let's again, take taking every week, one game at a time, if they could beat Atlanta in Atlanta, you're up two and zero in the South. And then like you have a chance to, you know, maybe you don't win a suit. Nobody expected the Panthers to win the Super Bowl this year anyway. And so, I do think, you know, whether we agree or think he's in a hot seat, I have a feeling that, you know, the seven-year investment in that role will say otherwise. But I will say that, like, you know, there was one stretch where, like, hey, Matt Rule is awesome. Hey, Sam Darnold's awesome. That was a stretch where, like, they're all terrible. It's part of them all. So I wonder where the truth lies or where people are at. But I do think, you know, in fans' minds, this is like, hey, we have a college coach. He hasn't done anything. There's so much, like you said, the movement on the offensive line is just bad management and bad coaching. Does he grow out of it? Does he stay as college coach? But I think, again, in the fans' minds, yes, he's on the hot seat. I think, you know, in the owner's mind, they're more than willing to, like, stay with this, This, you know, is he is Dave Tepper, the owner, willing to admit that he made this mistake? You know, that still remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Edgar. I, <clears throat> I you know, they signed him to a set – uh, Tepper signed him to a seven-year contract. Uh, you know, started off the season three and zero. We've lost four in a row. Um, it is what it is at this point. I I don't think he's on the hot seat within inside the organization. Um, fans overall, you know, ha- have a right to be upset. Um, we've we've been, you know, w- with a losing organization since Cam left. Um, we're tired of it, and w- and we want to see some wins, uh, but. Um, I think I think Matt Roll at a minimum. I mean, if they end up losing most of the games this year, like if, if they only win one or two more games, then maybe, maybe at the end of the season he's they're talking about his job. But right now, I think I think he's pretty safe and um, and they're they're willing to just you know continue to build with him as far as it goes right now. Yeah, you guys hit it on the head. I think if you look on Twitter. Matt Rule just came out of the oven. Okay. And if, if you're looking at Tepper, Matt Rule's about to be put in the microwave. Like it hasn't come yet. I, I think it's you don't sign a guy to a seven-year contract and cut him after a year and a half. You just you don't do it. Um I think it would I mean a lot of fans want to see that happen. I know a lot of fans say he should be fired. This this week, someone should have been fired and probably him. I think people need to pump the brakes a little bit. I kind of was defending him last week. Um, I think he's done an awful job 
at evaluating quarterbacks. Clearly, he's wanted Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold, and both those projects have failed. Yep. Um, so that definitely needs a change, and maybe that's something Fitter and Tepper, if they haven't already, step in and you know they're they're the ones selecting the next QB or whatever the case is, or whoever had the role in those two QBs. That definitely needs to change, but. I think Matt Rule needs some time. I'm I'm a believer in coaches with the Carolina situation. You need three years. And after this year, I still think Matt Rule deserves another shot. Um, and I think, you know, there was a lot dealt to him. And people love to throw Kevin Stefanski out there. But what people don't realize is Kevin Stefanski was given a damn good team that just needed a coach to bring together the locker room and then it lead them a little bit. And that's exactly what he's doing. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. He's a hell of a coach, but that team had numerous, numerous first round picks. Your offensive line is solid before he even came in. I mean, they had playmakers on both sides of the ball, offense, defense. Stefanski was built a very good hand. That was, that's all that was their missing piece to that puzzle was a coach. So a lot of people like to throw him out there and I'm, I'm firing back at that because I'm tired of hearing that I'm sick and tired of hearing about Kevin Stefanski. And a lot of people like to bring up the Bengals too. I've heard that Bengals, Zach Taylor. I think this is his third year, second or third year. There were shitty the last two years and I get it. Your borough went down, but that guy got three years. So like there, there need things need to fall into place. Matt rule needs time. It's not even two years into his uh, coaching career. Give it some time. We need, they need to relax. People need to relax a little bit. I get it. Hands are pissed off. They're Owen four right now. That needs to change. I definitely agree. I think changes do need to be made at some, at some level here, um, whether that's play calling or maybe a guy named Deshaun Watson. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. Let, let's get into that. before. <laughs> yeah. Edgar's got to get going. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So no, no worries. Yeah, so so Edgar, we we wanted to get your opinion. Um, you know, all the rumors swirling around right now, it's between the Dolphins and the Panthers, and you know everything going on with Watson. Uh, do you see the Carolina Panthers trading for Deshaun Watson, and would you do it if you were in their situation? I would like to think that, you know, going before this week, they're like, no, we're we're not in the Deshaun Watson. There's too much liability. There's too much things going on. We we you know we're okay with Sam Darnold. After this week, I mean, based on the reports that everyone is, is is putting out there, now they're kind of thinking about, okay, maybe Sam Dell's not the guy who made a mistake. One thing I really want to credit Scott Fitterer for is like when they make a mistake or they do something wrong, they're like, we're moving on. And so there's other regimes or other, you know, previous GMs where like they stuck with somebody who sucked for a very long time yeah. before they realize, okay, maybe we should move forward. So I do appreciate that once they realize they made a mistake, they move on. Even people they decide, you know, in free agency, they signed like a Denzel Perryman, traded him. They signed a David Moore, cut him. Like, they're willing to like make a, they, they've made the moves. They're willing to make the mistakes. And so um, the person on the field, Deshaun Watson would be really exciting, right? Get someone who's from, you know, went to Clemson. That's kind of from the area. It's exciting, but all that stuff that's going on, that's still unsettled. You know, how many does he play? Is there going to be a backlash? We're trying to change the culture here. Um, so I have no idea what, you know, I, at this point, I don't know if you guys are the same way. It's like, I'm kind of expecting it to happen just because, you know, every week there's been like a weird trade or a weird move or something going on. I'm kind of expecting it to happen. Not that I have any inside information or anything like that, but just like, I have a feeling, I don't know how, again, I don't know how you guys feel, but like, if they're going to trade him to the Dolphins, they would have done it already. It's kind of like they're waiting for the, the Panthers. Like, do you want them or not? Do you want them or not? You know, it's kind of, yeah. that's what it kind of feels like. And so that's there, a good point. Like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's there for the taking if the Panthers want him but they don't want them as badly as the Texans, like to meet the Texans action price. Yeah. And I know to, to answer your question, like when I do it, I, I, I would love to do it in fantasy football in real life with like real lives, with everything that's going on with, you know, people's, you know, who knows, like maybe he's found guilty of something like this would be like, a, 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 when you talk about high risk, high reward, this is like the highest of risks and the highest rewards. And I would just rather play it safe, figure out next year than to like risk all my draft capital risk, all my, you know, my equity and, and what people feel about me and the reputation of the team and the owner. Like, is this the, like, is this the team, was this team going to go to the Super Bowl anyway kind of deal? Uh, I'm willing to like try to figure out somebody else if like, if it, it was, if I was in that hot seat or if I was in the chair. Do, 
we'll get our perspectives in a little bit. Do you think if they were to get him, you would lose a pretty big chunk of the fan base? It's football, right? So, like, there's been people who've come back from worse, right? Michael Vick, um, Ray Rice, you know, there's, 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 there's Big Ben. Big Ben, I feel like in other industries, like you, you can never come survive from this, but in football, eventually people like move on, right? And so I think if he was found guilty of something and time passed long enough and he was successful, like people would kind of move on. Yes, he lose some of the fan base, but just like, you know, as other industries or other franchises would attest to, like if you start winning, all of a sudden some of the demons that you had, remember when Kobe had his scandal, eventually people kind of like push it aside over like the greatness and, and, and your franchise winning. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Bryson, uh, we've, we were talking, um, it's weird because we were talking about this in April and now here we are close to November, close to Halloween and we're back to Watson again. What's, what's your thoughts on it? I'm curious. I know we've talked a little bit, but. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> back in April, I was a very big fan of it. Uh, I really wanted Watson, you know, he's a generational talent, like Edgar was saying on the field, he's, you know, he'd be the best quarterback we've had since Cam Newton and really changed the projection or the trajectory of the franchise of path we're going right now. And I think that, you know, the Panthers would be a favorite to be a playoff team this year if he was on the Panthers. Uh, but everything going on, you know, I, I'm, I'm currently I'm indifferent, you know, I, I would be perfectly fine if they didn't. And if they did, I would be fine. Um, depending on what they traded. Um, I, I, I don't want to sound, you know, uh, I don't want to sound bad. And these 22 women that, that, that have, you know, accused Watson of these horrible situations. Uh, I, if, if found guilty, I, I hope Watson is kicked out of the NFL and never allowed to play football again, but uh, we got to let the legal process play out and we got to see what happens. But um you know, if 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 the Panthers were were to make a trade, I would hope that the picks that they trade, the first round picks, are conditional. Um, you know, Watson has to play X amount of games for us, or Watson has to not go to prison. <laughs> uh, and and you can have our first round picks. And uh, obviously, the players in the trade would you know go to the Texans. There's there's no conditional there. Um, but I don't know if that's what the Texans are wanting to do. I think that might be part of the holdup that they don't want the conditional. They they want the first round picks with no conditions attached to them. So. Um, you know, currently I'm indifferent either way. I'll be fine. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to stop being a fan if they trade for him. And if they don't trade for him, I'm going to still be a fan. So that that's the way I feel currently. Yeah. Rinse and repeat of whatever Bryson said. No, you guys notice I poured a pretty big glass of wine for this question. <laughs> because I don't, I honestly don't know what the right answer is here. I'm, I'm kind of where Bryson is. I'm indifferent. It's, you know, those 22 women, their voices need to be heard. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. The legal process needs to play out. If a trade goes down, that clearly isn't going to happen before then. So that's something that's difficult right now. And I know a lot of teams are, you know, trying to figure out at this point. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to answer it. I really don't. If he be, if he comes to the team, I'm going to support the Panthers. Yep. If he's not on the team, of course, I'm going to still support him. That ain't going to stop me one way or another. I mean, I've, we were all there during the two and 14 days with, with the Panthers. So Ed, Edgar, did you see the, uh, the recent comments made by Goodell at his? Yeah. I'm going to bring that up. I was, I wanted to read, I was just, I was trying to pull it up here. He's, it was like, just like, it was, it was like just like 45 minutes ago. Yeah. So Rappaport just, he tweeted this out 41 minutes ago. Goodell had his meeting tonight with reporters. He said, this is on Deshaun Watson. We don't have all the access to that information and pride ourselves on not interfering with it. That process is ongoing. We don't feel we have the necessary information to place him on the exempt list. They're referring to the entire investigation as a whole. So clearly right now it sounds like they are not going to lay down any punishment until they get more information. Any thoughts on that? I mean, it seems like 
you know, they don't, I, I was reading elsewhere that like, they don't want to set a precedent, right. To like put someone in the exemplist or to remove somebody from the game without being legally or, you know, going through the legal process or going like fully charged yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm thinking that's like probably like the prudent way for the NFL to go through this without any, you know, without the investigations being done, without them getting any information, they can't like, you know, pre, you know, destine somebody without knowing what's, what the legal ramifications are. Uh, but I had a question, like when we were talking about that, a question for you guys, like, let's just say tomorrow we wake up, they traded for Deshaun Watson. He's starting on Sunday. Like how hard do you cheer for him? Like, let's just say he scores a touchdown. Like part of me feels like, I, like you guys talking about you're indifferent. I almost have a, a muted celebration. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I'm not even like excited for him because I don't, all this stuff is still going on. So even if we did it and we win, it's great. But I, Yeah, I don't know if like I'd a, be excited be directly for him. Yeah. It, it's tough because like – I don't like comparing situations, but you have like the John Gruden stuff too. Like this guy sent emails, said nasty things. I know he's kicked out of the league. And then you got Watson, who's got 22 sexual assault allegations against him. And I mean, he's, I mean, we're contemplating him if he's going to be a Panther or not, which is, mm-hmm. it's kind of fucked up. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, it's one of those things where, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to answer. I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the right answer is. I, yeah, I don't think they're, I think the right answer is, you know, n- this team shouldn't be trading for them. If you're going to go that route, like, mm-hmm. I mean, this guy, the, the allegations, I, you, you shouldn't touch this guy with a 10 foot pole. And I think another question that I w- wanted to bring up is the Tepper thing. Cause when Tepper came in here, he was dealt, he was dealt a similar situation with Jerry Richardson, the previous owner of, you know, these sexual harassment allegations. Now these are harassment and, you know, mm-hmm. Watson's assault allegations. I mean, but they're still, they're still terrible in their own respect. So it's one of those things is if Tepper, you know, Tepper said, that's the past, this is, they have no room for that whatsoever. And then he's going to go out and trade for a guy like this. And clearly he's the one leading the charge on this. That's been reported mm-hmm. widely that he wants, you know, he's been all in on this on Watson. Is he now going back on what he said when he got the team in 2018? And that's another thing you look at. I mean, yeah, I, why, why take down the Jerry Richardson statue to bring in Deshaun Watson? Like, yeah, where, where it, it, are we just, as a team sort of it, thing? You have an owner that wants to win so bad that is he willing to set aside his morals um, to get that done? And, and that's something to be seen. I think for them even to be in the conversation up to this point, one of three, maybe two teams left interested in the Sean Watson says enough for me that they're willing to do it. And they're willing you know, to win at all costs. Yeah, they, yeah. they are. And um, you know, it doesn't make them any worse than any other organ- professional sports team. E- like even our Carolina Hurricanes, they they signed a player that was cut last season due to comments made and and you know allegations against him. And Carolina Hurricanes fan base is all up in arms that they signed him. This is what professional sports teams do. They want to win, and and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what they say. We're going to change the culture. We're gonna we're different than these other teams. At the bottom of at, at the end of the day, they want to win. Winning brings in money. And, and, and that's really all there is to it. So um, I think that just them being in talks for Deshaun Watson at, at, the, at the end, closing to the trade deadline on no, November 2nd, it, it says enough for me that, you know, they're willing to do it. And if they do, you know, uh, I think that, you know, it is fucked up because they, these 22 women, I, I, it's, it's hard to imagine that 22 women are lying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When you I have think, that many allegations, yeah, it, one it's or hard two, to, yeah. But even then, one or two is still validated. But absolutely, it's it's a tough thing. And you know, one thing to note, we mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. You know, I don't know how involved as an part owner Tepper was in the Steelers, but he went through that Steelers time when Roethlisberger yep. went through those allegations. So he has experience dealing with that and the fallout from it, and maybe that you know. Ban, you know, uh, calms the waters a little bit for him to make the decision, and it's a little bit easier on him in that respect. I don't know if that's something. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, these next, what we have, is it Tuesday is next Tuesday, the deadline, is that what it is? So a week from now. Yeah, it's, it's, and we didn't report this or we didn't mention this. I wanted to throw this out there. The Houston Chronicle, uh, there was some uh, reports tonight that got fans all fired up. Um, but there was a report that the Dolphins and Texans have agreed on a trade term for Watson, but the Dolphins wanted his legal issues resolved before, which is not happening in a no. week. There is no way. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically what happened was there was some, the person who tweeted that out kind of backtracked and said nothing has changed since last week. So the Dol- it, it, from right now, it's clear. I think the Dolphins and the Panthers seem like the only teams, unless there's one lurking in the weeds right now, is all in on or is interested in this Watson trade. And I'll say too, like looking in, looking into the future, the crystal ball, right? Like, is Deshaun Watson the only person that can like? Is that the only the last saving grace of this franchise? You know, like we've survived worse. Um, yep. You know, they still have great pieces to be successful like does it have to be all in on Deshaun Watson like are they winning a Super Bowl this year if he goes to the Dolphins are we gonna kick ourselves saying hey why don't we pick up Deshaun Watson like I know it sounds silly I know Aaron Rodgers is lurking next year I know there's gonna be some quarterbacks out there Wilson. we went all in on Matthew Wilson we went all in on Matthew Stafford like does it always have to be all in on Deshaun Watson even at the end of the year let's just say this doesn't get cleared up he doesn't get traded he said pre-legal stuff. He doesn't want to play for the, the the Texans anymore. So like, let's just say it's cleared up or, you know, whatever happens and he's cleared or whatever. Like there's also next year. So I just don't know like why I, everything is magnified because we lost to the Giants and Donald looked terrible. And a four game. Yep. Yep. And a four game losing streak. But like in the big grander scheme, like there's our whole history, this franchise, the storied franchise, everything is done. It's all resting on Deshaun Watson. And if, if, if it does rest on Deshaun Watson, we have bigger issues to fry when like our whole <laughs> our whole world is, is dependent upon a guy like you said has 22 uh you know allegations of sexual assault on him yeah i think it's a culmination the culmination of what you mentioned um and you know looking at it it didn't help that this team went three and zero off the top because fans were you know fans were thinking oh my god this team could be a maybe a wild card team and in all re- reality Winning masks a lot of shit, and there's a lot of shit wrong with this team. The offensive line's terrible. Their quarterback position isn't solved. Their linebacker position isn't very deep, and that was clear. Shaq Thompson coming back this week is going to help, but there are things on this team that need to be fixed. Before, And, you know, Deshaun Watson would help this team out a lot. There's no doubt about it, but like you said, is this team really going to go to the playoffs this year? Ah, it's not happening, man. It's not happening. No, so no one was predicting it. And, and ironically, and, yeah, no. I mean, I, I, we weren't sitting here <laughs> saying the Panthers were yeah. going to, you know, make a run to the Super Bowl. It's it's not happening. This team is far from it, and it's clear <laughs> they're in disarray right now. So, mm-hmm. man. And, and ironically, if they went zero and seven, I don't think we'd be having this conversation because they're three and four. It's like, oh, maybe Deshaun Watson is the only piece we still need. Left. And that's but another point. Ironic. We are, we having this convers- are we having this conversation <laughs> if they're five and two right now? Mm-hmm. Are we? Are we having this conversation? I think, I, think they, I think they might be having this conversation if they're five and two. I think that it might be even really? closer than three and four. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know. Oh, because he would make, he would. Oh, I get, yeah. I get what you're saying. Look, they traded for, they, they traded for Gilmore. Like when they made that trade for Gilmore, it was, it was pretty, like, I, I feel like it was the understanding that they felt they were a playoff team when they traded for Gilmore. Um, and, and they brought and one thing in. I've already, and I, I, again, there is no reporting on this. This is just me thinking, was Gilmore a trade piece for Watson? Uh, I don't know if he was a trade piece, but maybe they traded for him to be able to trade another corner. Um, either Henderson or Jackson for, for Watson would be, would be my guess. Yeah. Cause I've always thought, I'm, I always thought about that. Just the timing of everything just seemed like they were lining up for some, someone to fall in that secondary, but. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's all just speculation. That's just thinking out loud. Um, Edgar, do you have a little bit more time or do you need to get rolling here? Cause I got, I was, uh, I can go for five more minutes. How about that? All right. Five more minutes. We'll, we'll keep you here for five more minutes. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about Joe Brady. We didn't get to Joe Brady yet. We went to Matt rule then Deshaun. let's go. Let's go to Joe Brady here. Mm-hmm. 
what's your thoughts on him so far this year? I know a lot of fans are calling for him to be go to LSU, get out of here. We don't want to see you again. What what do you think of Joe Brady so far this year? I think when you when I think in the game when you're watching the game, people are so quick to like, man, that play call sucked or what are we doing, right? And you look back and you watch like the clips people are posting, you look at the all 22s like, man, Sam Darnold, like there's like two, three guys that are open, you could have like thrown it, you know. And so I think in retrospect looking at things, I think Joe Brady, you know, you know, is slumping or struggling, could use some work, but he's far from like the work. Like if we're going to if we're going to fire somebody, if we're going to make a big change, like there're bigger issues and fish to fry than Joe Brady offensive coordinator. And on top of that, like who replaces Joe Brady? Like it's, yeah. you know, we're not there's no genius person just sitting there by themselves. And a quarterback needs a consistency offer. at coordinator too. That's another correct, thing. Correct. Correct. And people thought that's what Cam, how Cam got to be successful there, that he had the same kind of either coordinator or system for like almost four or five years. And so I think that like, I still believe in Joe Brady. Could he be better? Yes. Could other coordinators be better? Yes. Right. You look at other teams that are struggling. You look at like the chiefs last year. So there is, there is like a, as a play caller, you're almost, it's almost a thankless job, right? If they do well, the players are really awesome. If they suck, like, Hey, the play caller's fault. Right. But I think it's very easy to, you know, you, you talking about being five and two, they could have easily, we could be sitting here today saying they should have won the Eagles game. They had a chance at winning that Minnesota game. They could have been five and two. And so are we still having this issue about like his play calling if they were more, you know, if they'd won two of these games, whereas, you know, when you look back at the tape, maybe it wasn't all on Joe Brady, but maybe the execution of the plays that he called. All right, before you leave, let's get a prediction. What do you think this Sunday in Atlanta, you think the Panthers can squeak it out or we're on a five-game losing streak here? I mean, I thought they were going to win against the Giants. <laughs> uh, I will say that any divisional rival game, anything can happen, right? So even when, like, the Panthers were, you know, were 15-0 and they lost the Falcons, right? So I think any divisional game, you know, the Falcons are not, you know, lighting the world on fire either, but they are on a hot streak. You know, Kyle Pitts looks really good. Calvin Ridley is back. The defense is getting a little bit stronger. You know, Matt Ryan on any given day against the Panthers could look like, you know, a, a Hall of Famer, um, you know, throwing deep bombs to Julio Jones still like gives me the creeps. But um, I do think that um, the Panthers have the talent. They have the skill set to beat this Falcon team. Will they execute? Does Sam Darnold get even worse? Like every game that's happened, I don't know if you guys have been like, oh, Sam Darnold can't be worse than this. And he's gotten worse than that. Yes. So after we saw with the Giants, can he get worse than what we saw last Sunday? Um, but if he could be average, and this defense, again, we've seen it so good, the Stephon Gilmore play, the Shaq Thompson play, the, the, re the receivers stop dropping balls. Like, there are, like, you know, a 50-50 shot here where the Panthers could, like, actually turn this game around and turn their season around. But it, it, I, I think, for me, it looks like execution seems to be more of an issue than it is, like, you know, play calling or anything. Like, you watch the game, you're like, oh, why can't they just do this, you know? Like, and I think it's quick and easy to judge the coaches and the play caller, but like these players have to make plays. Like the play, if you ask the players, they're going to say, I should have made these plays. I should have done this. I should have done that. There's a lot of heat on the on Matt rule for like calling out the defense, but in another sense, like I don't mind him calling out the defense because I also think this is one of the top defenses and they should be holding themselves to that standard. They're not the Preach. main reason why they lost. <laughs> they're not the main reason why they lost, but this defense is pretty darn good. And, you know, I, I think on any given Sunday with this talent, they could be the Atlanta Falcons. Well, Edgar, we just want to thank you again. I want to get you out here because I know you got to get going. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Give him a follow on Twitter. He's always a great one to follow up on. So that's at Panthers Analyst. Again, Panthers Analyst on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Again, Edgar, thanks again for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me. You guys are good people. I, I love seeing you guys also on social media and blowing up as well. So congrats on all the success and getting – really good guests outside of, you know, actually better guests than me on your show, but congrats on all the success that you you're guys are You're great. You're great. Yeah, you're great, man. Thank <laughs> you. It's always a pleasure to have Edgar on. Such a sweet guy. We truly love him as a guest. Again, go give him a follow on Twitter. You won't be disappointed. Rice, and I want to get back to what we were talking about before he had to split here. Joe Brady. Yeah, Ed, Edgar said, you know, fans, I think, need to give him a little bit more patience on the field. Execution needs to happen with some of these players and the plays. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I uh, I completely agree with Edgar on that one. Um, if, Like he said, if you go back and you look at the All-22 or, or you just look at the play, 
there are open receivers or tight ends or check downs or, or whatever. It just comes down to execution. It doesn't matter who your coordinator is. It doesn't matter who your coach is. If your players are out there and they cannot execute, then it, then it's going to look bad. Um, I don't think Joe Brady is calling bad games by any means. Um, I think that, you know, he, he he's, of course, he's not been perfect, but he's not been bad. I don't think, I don't think that's the case. Um, he, he's, he's, drew up some things that, you know, occasionally like you'll, you'll see Robbie Anderson on all 22 streaking down the field wide open or DJ Moore wide open or um, somebody straight up the seam. Like it's there. It's just not being executed. And and I think at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to execution. And if your players aren't getting it done, then obviously the, the coaches will take the blame for it, but, but there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. We're all the same on this one. I'm, I don't know what, what a better option to have right now at offensive coordinator. I don't see anyone out there that's going to provide. Yeah. Are they going to promote Sean Ryan? No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And that would probably be the likely move. It's Joe Brady ain't going to ain't being talked about in college football and in the NFL's head coaching job, if he doesn't have something to provide. So for folks to say he needs to be let go, he, I mean, this guy's, I'm not, I'm not saying there he needs to be, or I'm not saying that there shouldn't be blame on him, but yeah. I mean, he's dealt with Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold. Like mm-hmm. let's be, let's be real here. Um, and a terrible offensive line the last two years. It, it's hard to do shit with. It's hard yeah. to have plays develop and stuff like that. Guys need to catch the ball. Sam Darnold needs to throw the ball. There are many times there's a lot of times in that game, you know, third down, Sam Darnold just throws it short because he's pressing and he's thinking about things too much. And that turns into a first down and the drive stays alive. So there are, I, I have no, I, I have no complaints about Joe Brady so far. I think, you know, there you're always going to have in a game, like why the hell did you call this in this situation? You're always going to have that a couple of times, any yeah. game you watch. Eric B enemy, Joe Brady, no matter who the hell you watch, you're going to have that once or twice a game. Um, and I think, I think Joe Brady has him. It's hard to say. I, I, I think he has improved from last year. I truly believe that with some of his play calls again, as of late, it's hard to say that the one that there's a few knocks I have and that's third quarter. They come out of half so flat. And it's mm-hmm. been that way the last two years. And I haven't looked back, and I, I'd be curious to see how LSU performed when he was their passing game coordinator coming out of half. And I know that offense, I mean, that was a very talented college football team. So it's hard to say if that was skewed by the players. But I would like to see the numbers on that because the Panthers, I made sure I wrote this down. They are terrible in the third quarter. They had not, they've had 19 opportunities in the third quarter on offense, they've had 19 drives, one touchdown. The rest were punts, missed field goals, fumbles, and interceptions. And there was four interceptions in the third quarter out of those 19 opportunities. That is awful. <laughs> that is so bad. It's they need to do better in the second half, but also guys need to show up in the second half too. guys need to make catches. And Sam Darnold needs to know how to throw the damn ball to those guys. So there are things that need to happen. They need to get something sparking here. We uh, Matt Rule talked about this week. He had a conversation with Joe Brady on Monday. It sounds like he's not going to change the play calling. Uh, Joe Brady will stay, stick to the play calling. He Matt Rule was specifically asked about that. It didn't sound like he was going to change who was calling plays. Matt Rules wanted them to run the ball. They ran the ball 17 times this past game which Matt Rule wants 33 runs a game. I think it was 30, 33. They had 17. And six of those, six of the 17 were called on the first drive of the game. And that's when they scored a field goal or when they got a field goal out of it. They had six runs in that first drive. Mm. They had 11 the rest of the game. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't call. They had RPO plays, so there is a run option and Sam Darnold's throwing. Mm -hmm. But there was a lot of third and short calls that were throws, which was interesting, like third and fours, third and twos. But again, those some of those were RPOs, and Darnold was throwing it and not letting Chuba or 
Royce work a little bit. So I do think they need to run the ball more. I felt like it, I, I don't know what you thought. We were both watching the game together. I felt like the first drive, their offense was entirely different than the rest of the game. Like the first drive looked like the old Panthers run the ball, throw play action, mix it in a little bit, but run the rock hard. Mm -hmm. They did that and it was slow and boring and methodical, but I mean, they drove down the field and got a field goal. And then after that is like, they never ran the ball again. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of those things that you were listing off the third quarter problems where they had the interception or the fumble or the uh, missed field goals, that's not coaching. The The coach isn't telling him to throw an interception or telling him to fumble the ball or whatever or telling the kicker to miss field goals. That's just players not executing, and, and that's what it comes down to, in my opinion, is, you know, if Aaron Rodgers was back there throwing the ball, I think that we'd be scoring touchdowns in the third quarter. I don't think that'd be a question. Um, but. Yeah. It's Sam Darnold, so uh, so that that's what it is there. And um, uh, what was the last thing you mentioned? I I forgot what you were talking about, and I, I had a good point. The about runs, that. the the run calls of how the, the yeah offense, yeah the so, first drive yeah yeah so they um yeah the offense looked completely different. I mean, in the first drive, they went for it on fourth down in their own territory to keep the drive going, and I I loved it. I loved that play call. Um, I thought it was aggressive, and and I love when when coaches coach like that because I think that's how you win games. And you know sometimes it might lose you the game, but I you coach to win the game. You don't coach to tie. You don't coach to lose. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So uh, you coach to win the game, and and I I totally agreed with it. And you know the offense. Yeah, it definitely be, provided them with a spark. I thought when they yeah. went for it there, and and the offense looked competent in the first drive, and then things just fell apart, man. And uh, Darnold just. Like I said earlier, when I was watching the game, it's it's like he's not looking past five yards, maybe he ten. He is not confident right now no. at all, and that's a Darnold reminds me of a kicker. Like he needs all the confidence in the world to be even semi decent, mm -hmm. and anything to distort that throws his entire game off. And he has been like that the past four games. He just doesn't seem in rhythm or confidence at all in the pocket. Like he's anticipating things that aren't happening and throwing to guys that are triple covered and trying to force things that aren't open at all. And it is just a disaster. And I mean, you could say you saw it coming with the jets, but it's like, damn dude, like you have, you have the weapons and I get it. Robbie's dropped a few, but that's not entirely a problem. Sam has sucked, man. He has been terrible. I, I think it's almost, it's almost fair to say that he's been worse this year than he was with the Jets um, for the past four games. Like it, it's almost well, fair given to say that. the talent around him, absolutely. Yeah. Like he and, has, there's no excuses. And like there is pressure, but yeah. even in that game, I mean, we were watching. There was there was times where he had an open pocket. He literally missed like a four yard throw on a drag route across the middle of tight end. That would have been a first down. Yeah, I mean, like you got that's the shit you got to hit. If you're not going to hit on deep stuff, you got to hit on the short. You got to hit on the short stuff. So. And, and and I've been really hard on the defense, um, and I think rightfully so. They were not good uh, for the most part in this game. They gave up chunk play after chunk play in the run game. No, they looked um, a lot like they did last year. Yeah, and you know they they did have some. I think they had like six stops in a row. Uh, but but they were giving up yards like like Daniel Jones was looking good. Like it's not like you know they they were. I don't remember how many sacks they had, maybe, maybe two, one or two. Um, and they didn't force any turnovers. I don't think uh, the, the defense has the ability, especially on a giants offense that's missing Saquon Barkley and three of their top receivers or whatever it was like, they should be dominating, not allowing the giants to drive, not allowing Daniel Jones to pass for 10, 15, 20 yards here and there, not allowing, Booker to run for 10 yards a carry damn near uh like it, it's just the defense wasn't great either yeah they had they had two sacks two sacks it, on that yeah game. And, and it compounded with with the offense sucking not being able to drive the ball but like uh AJ Bouye got beat a couple times um Dante Jackson got beat a couple times even uh you know Keith Taylor got beat a couple times but he did have uh, a couple yeah I think Keith he, Taylor didn't have that great a game I think he I thought I saw the stat today he gave out four catches 56 yards which yeah. 
again, he's, I don't hate that as much. I just feel like the Panthers in this last game, they, they did lose Dante for a little bit there. Stanley mm-hmm. Thomas, Oliver had to come in. Nope. That didn't help them at the end. Nope. That was a disaster. Um, they're just, their defense has gotten figured out the last four weeks is what's happened. They were mm-hmm. rolling the first three weeks. They're still one of the best pass rushing defense in the league. I think they're the top. They have the most pressures in the NFL. Or yeah, but not like the that. most sacks. Yeah, not Which... the most sacks, but they got the most pressures. And I think the Shaq Thompson injury is bigger than people thought, man. That he him coming back this week because it sounds like he's gonna. From what Matt Rule said Hopefully. on Monday, yeah, Shaq's going to be back. They should have Stephon Gilmore, you would think. Justin Burris is hopefully back too. Justin Burris, hopefully. That should make, you know, something should come together there. I do want to give a shout out because we've been shitting on this guy a little bit. Sam Franklin did make a good play on Sunday. It was the fourth down play yep. to hold the Giants. He, he made a hit on the running back and, you know, forced them first force them a turnover on down so hats off to him i thought brian burns had a hell of a game too he had a sack he should have had i think he might have had almost two or three yeah but he played way better he did because i know a lot of fans you were one of them calling calling him out a little bit he he should every game he has opportunities to get sacks and and he runs right past them he 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 functions too fast like in his own body for any good in the game sometimes. And it's just, if he just slows things down, he's, he's going to get a lot of sacks. He, he leads the league in pressures or whatever it is. And they just aren't translating the sacks. And no matter what anybody tells you, sacks are better than pressures. And, oh, yeah. and, and, sure. and he needs to start getting his sacks, these pressures translated into sacks. Yeah. And some, just some of the news of the day that came out today, John Miller went on IR I think that's a blessing. He's been terrible. Yeah, he's been the worst. And this will be we were going. I, I mentioned this later or earlier, but this will be the six different combination of linemen in eight games. Mm. So another just doozy at offensive line. Pat Elf line is designated to return. Don't know oh, if God. that's going to impact anything. Uh, the Panthers waved Ryan Winslow. That was the punter. He had a 28 yard punt on his first drive or on his first punt opportunity was terrible. Yeah, Carolina was just has not, I, I don't get it. Cause Charlton last year was one of the top punters in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Then this year he wasn't good. He went injured. And I don't know if it, this injury might add an impact on him these first couple of weeks. So he's, he's been out. So then they brought in this Winslow. He was decent. His first game, terrible last week. Right now, the Panthers have 51 guys on the roster. They need to fill two more spots. It could be Stephon Gilmore. Another one is Mile Hartsfield. Yeah, he'll be good. This week, so that would help. He played nickel starting when Boyle was out, so that'll be a boost there. looks like Shaq should be back this week. Matt Rule sounded optimistic. Mm -hmm. I'm praying he's back because I think this defense with him is pretty freaking great. No, I agree. I agree. And then the Panthers also released uh, Dominic Eberle. He was the kicker that they were trying to stash on the practice squad, and they ended up signing the punter. This is going to be the punter this week, the third one this year. Lachlan, am I Lachlan? I, I I was guessing Lachlan. Lachlan, uh, yeah. that sound. That's what I was. I forgot what you said. Lachlan, Lachlan Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. He's Australia from Australia, I think. I yeah, he was with that. the Jets for four seasons, and he averaged forty-five point five. Oh, a Jet, another yeah. Jet. Just yeah. So the only uh, good one is Luvu. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So at least he has a history of punting decent. Uh, his, I mean, his average is forty-five point five. So um, if we can get forty-five yards out of him on every punt, that's a lot better than we've had recently. So I'll take it. Well, let's get into the let's get into the game this weekend. We all we were we were. Almost going to go to this game. We ended up not. It wasn't because of the record or anything like that. We just decided we we were not going to this game in Atlanta. But this is a big one. Um, I'm not very – the optimism is over with with me. I'm not optimistic at all. Panthers on the road. I know the vision game, a lot can happen. But the Falcons are starting to trend upward right now. They've won the last three of the four. Um, Matt Ryan 
these last four games, I think it is, has been playing at the top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now, up there with Tom Brady and uh, Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert. So it's, of course, Carolina's playing them right when they're trending up. Kyle <laughs> Pitts is starting to come on. That's yep. going to be a tough matchup for them. Calvin Ridley's getting he- healthy. So, yeah, the Falcons are trending upward. Carolina's down in the tubes. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are you worried about? What do you what do you think in this one? Yeah, so uh, Matt Ryan is playing great right now. Um, picked him up in fantasy in, in uh, my most important league. Um, he is my starting quarterback because I have Russell Wilson, who is hurt. So uh, Matt Ryan's playing great. Um, like you mentioned, Kyle Pitts coming on, uh, finally getting in the groove. They got Calvin Ridley. Russell Gage is back healthy. Uh, a player you haven't mentioned, Cordell Patterson. Playing, I was about to say that too, yeah. Playing lights out. They use him as a running back slash wide receiver. Um, he's just a, a dual threat problem for defenses. Um, it's going to be important that Shaq is back this week. Hopefully he can play. It's going to be important for him to cover Kyle Pitts. Uh, I think Shaq is probably – One blessing, though, I will say is Matt Ryan can't really run the ball. Yeah, so. And I feel like Daniel Jones exposed the Panthers with yeah. the read option. And that's one thing that's – I mean, yeah, Ryan can scramble for a couple of yards, but he ain't no Daniel Jones. No, so I yeah. guess that's one good thing. The Panthers' defense historically does struggle with with mobile quarterbacks. So that that is something hopefully to look forward to. But I don't know. Matt Ryan is playing just so good right now that I don't know if that matters. But, um, but yeah, I think Shaq Thompson coming back is important for his matchup versus Kyle Pitts. I think that he's probably our best linebacker to match up with Pitts. And um, you're, I'm sure you're going to see Chin on him too. Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll probably that'll be that's going to well. be an interesting one to watch. I would have, I was hoping for J.C. Horn in this. This is yeah, this is the college football matchup of freaking last year, man. Yep. And uh, on defense, they have a corner AJ Terrell who's playing lights out right now. He he's the only corner in the NFL. I think he was a rookie last year. He's in his second year. Only corner in the NFL with 50-plus snaps that has not given up a play over 20 yards. Um, he is playing lockdown defense. Um, so that, that's a corner to watch out for. Uh, hopefully, Sam Darnold does not give him any interceptions. There's which... a silver lining. I just saw this stat. Falcons have had 10 sacks this year on defense. They're ranked 30th in the NFL, and they've won – a pass rush rate of 37%, which is bottom, they're 26th in the league. That might be the only silver line. But they haven't played this. Sam Darnold. So. But they haven't played the Panthers offensive line. Yeah. So they'll probably be first by the end of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Grady Jarrett is going to cause a lot of problems for this offensive oh, line. Oh, man. Interior pressure is where they struggle most. And Grady Jarrett is one of the best at doing that. So um, they haven't played the Panthers. So I really do not care about their stats. I do not care how bad they are throughout the season. The Giants weren't good. The Eagles were fucking terrible. The Eagles literally have been given up career, like historically career high percentages of passes, like passing percentages against their defense. And Sam Donald struggled immensely against the Eagles. So I, I don't care about that um, it, until I see something where he takes advantage of a defense that isn't good. Then uh, it just doesn't matter to me. All right, let's go to predictions on this one. What are you, what are you thinking? I I don't see the Panthers winning. I I see them struggling every week. Um, as long as Darnold is is you know figuring out what he needs to figure out, I don't know what the deal is. But um, maybe once Christian comes back, the offense kind of works itself out. But um, as of right now, I don't see the Panthers winning this game. I think that they struggle on offense like they did, like they have for the past four weeks. Um, I think Darnold, you know, I could see Darnold getting pulled again. Or maybe I don't know if they would even start PJ, but um, but yeah, I think I think the Falcons probably end up winning this game, something like 23-14, something like that. Um, would 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 not surprise me. Yeah, I'm not saying much. The Panthers suck right now. They're terrible. Sam Darnold's not good at all. Gi- uh, Giants. Falcons win this 28-17. It could be more than that. This Carolina's just they're in a rut. And Christian McCaffrey's not back this week. That doesn't help one bit. I don't yeah. see them improving much. This, yeah, just not good. Sorry, 
that's that's all I got. Let's get to our draft picks of the week. All right, this week I am drinking a wine. I'm, I'm taking a, a page out of Curtis's book here, um, a wine that we got from the State Fair uh, here in Winston. Or not the State Fair, sorry, just the, the Carolina Classic Fair here in Winston. So, oh, you want um, to copy me. That's where I'm pulling from. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking the apple pie spiced apple wine um, from Elkin, North Carolina. It is the Carolina Heritage Vineyard Winery. Um, I think this was the all-organic all winery. Um, it says it's made with apple wine, apple wine made with raisins, almonds, and spices added. It's 11% alcohol. Um, it is okay. I'm not a huge wine fan in general, but uh, it's definitely, you know, one, one of the sweeter wines I've had. And um, you can definitely taste the spices in it. Um, it tastes more like a, um, like a, I don't know, like a kind of like an apple turnover maybe than just straight apple. So uh, you can definitely taste the spices and um, I, I would recommend it, um, especially if, if you are a wine fan and a, a fan of apple flavoring, um, give it a shot. Again, it's Carolina Heritage Vineyard Winery in Elkin, North Carolina. All right, North Carolina folks, be easy on me on this one because I had to look it up on the pronunciation. I've never heard of this place, but it's uh, it's a winery in Vagram, North Carolina. That's what Google says, what it's pronounced. It's in Scotland County, which is near Fayetteville. And this is, again, this is one I got from the fair as well. It's Cypress Bend Vineyards, Cypress Bend Vineyards, Cypress Bend Vineyards. That's what it is. Sundown is the wine. It's a table wine, 12% alcohol, sweeter red. I would say like a, I'd say like a semi-sweet. Um, it's a fresh and spirited semi-sweet red muscadine wine that will set your taste buds dancing. There you go. Mm, there you go. But yeah, it's, it's good. I like it. I've, I haven't gotten beer in a couple of weeks. I'm, I'll try to get some this next week. So I apologize. This has become the wine show these last couple of weeks for me. And <laughs> <laughs> take your man card here. So the, the, the sundown, this is what the wise sundown in uh cypress bend vineyards out in scotland county give this one a try it's pretty good again i got this from the carolina classic fair here in winston-salem they do i believe sell in most grocery stores that sell north carolina wine so give them a try it's pretty good pretty easy to drink and yeah, I think that's all. I think that's what I think we'll wrap it up there. We just want to thank you guys for listening to Panthers on Tap podcast. This is our 30th episode. So maybe we'll do a giveaway here soon. I'll try to think of something, throw it out on Twitter for you guys. Just keep listening in and uh, we'll try to keep doing those giveaways. You can catch all of our episodes every Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 